making art is hard. <laughs> Welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher. You know me. You know my style. And joining me today, a very special guest for our season two finale. He's worked for Instrument, Nike, Apple Music, Hovercraft, and many more. He is a freelance design director, content creator, and now content consultant whose work has racked up more than a billion views. That's so many views. <laughs> That's too many. Frightening, that number. Um, and he's also our first ever second time guest on the show. It's Nick Adnew. Hi. Hell yes. Second. Welcome. It's like when Steve Martin hosts SNL, right? When he when Steve Martin hosts SNL, you know he like adds another number and he becomes a club. So Absolutely, when, we need to get you a velvet bathrobe. Yeah, did I do that? Like, um, I don't know what would you call it? Like members jacket, <laughs> you know, with a little two pins on it. I mean, if we were being true to the premise of Family Matters, say in the later seasons when they ran out of ideas completely, then we would need maybe for your second or third time, we would need to get you uh, a cool. Uh, I, well, you are already the cool version of you. Maybe a nerd <laughs> version of you that comes out of a machine, and then your third version, it's a robot version of you uh -huh. that you have to fight. And your fourth version, you go to space, which I believe is the season finale, yeah. or the series finale of no, uh, Family Matters. I jumped the shark. <laughs> Um, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you back yes. here in this this terrible tiny space. Mm, um, I like it. It's cozy. I appreciate it so much. So, okay. So last week I had one of the best vehicle viewing experiences of my life. Okay. I'm, I'm a real car head. Everyone knows this about me. Okay. I, I love the motors and the um, gears and- Wheels. Well, absolutely. They must have those. Um, it is a necessary component. But I saw- I, I had a long day at school, long, hard day, yep. and I was walking back to my car, and I saw the most incredible sight, which was a garbage truck <laughs> being towed <laughs> by a special garbage truck tow truck. What? It's huge. The entire thing is the length of an entire Portland city block. It... Uh, it could only be for garbage truck because there there's like this special whole mechanism that wraps around the garbage truck. Uh, and as I was looking at it, I think my mouth just dropped open uh -huh. and the guys in the cab looked over at me and they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because why wouldn't you celebrate the best yeah. truck? To be in the garbage truck tow truck must be like you are a king. If, yeah, if you think the garbage trucks are cool, yeah, you think garbage trucks are cool. <laughs> Wait till you find out what tows a garbage truck. It's, it's, they. It must just sit there all the time, and they're looking at it, being like, "Oh, I wish I could drive that. I wish I could haul around a big old garbage truck." Oh. and then the day finally comes when a garbage truck breaks down. And it's the best day of you know their they're lives. Waiting. They're waiting for that. Absolutely. They're like, oh, today? Yeah. Boys, gather around. It's time. We're doing it. Like, <laughs> cancel your plans. It's like the assembly of like some A-team or something like that. They're like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like a normal towing truck, right? And um, We need a face. We need a costume guy. Yeah. We need uh, whatever it is that B.A. Baracus does. He's afraid of airplanes, I think. That's his main thing. 
Garbage trucks. Yeah. There's Gar- that fourth one, and I don't remember what his deal is at all. Garbage truck driver. Garbage truck driver. The, the, <laughs> Just a normal guy with a the oust- commercial license. The ousted uh, village person. <laughs> the one who didn't make the cut. He was on the reserve, the, the um, what would you call it, the injury reserve, or the bench. He wrote the bench. Third string quarterback. Um, they're like, yeah, I don't know if it's really a brand, but you know, in case the uh, motor cop gets hurt. We will call you. Yeah, and he was always hanging out with Marilee Euclid too. So yeah. you know, th- now now I'm just doing deep art jokes, and that's yeah. not useful for anybody. <laughs> Marilee Euclid's uh, handshaker of garbage men everywhere. Um, I think the last time we talked, mm-hmm. you had been really getting like your first channel up and running, and yeah. like we're starting to get some good traction with it. It's been a not a year, but like what almost. Almost a year? Oh God! Yeah, I guess it has. Yeah, it's, it's like May. Like, yeah, like maybe nine, ten nine, months. Yeah, um, it was like a lifetime. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. since then, how how have you been? How have things been going? <laughs> um, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. That's good. I'm, I January was the most burnt out I think I've ever been, and I didn't yeah. do anything. It was just the aftermath of like a really intense year i understand yeah i mean and and too like to be in that in that content creation game like you are just constantly churning yeah like and that that's i I was watching a video actually that you posted today i think okay yeah on your new channel about Uh exactly that um what how did you kind of realize that you were feeling a little burnt out on everything uh i would wake up depressed and yeah. couldn't do anything, didn't want to do anything, f- had the pressure of having to continue to upload every yeah. single day. And you're just like, how can I not do this? How can I put this minimal effort in as possible? Um, you just don't enjoy anything. Yeah. You don't, you don't enjoy anything, <laughs> like doing anything except for doing nothing. It. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I, I have dealt with burnout many times in my life, including actually you know, a a big part to go behind the show a little bit. Uh, A big part of why I stopped season one right after this was I was feeling totally burnt out. Um, And I was, you know, in some of the worst health that I've been in, in Mm -hmm. the past decade. And, you know, in no small part, it was because, you know, I just had too many, too many balls in the air and Mm -hmm. they were, I was not juggling them well and they were hitting me in the head repeatedly. (laughs) And, you know, that's fun and cartoonish, but it's also uh, not fun to be the person being hit in the head, uh, to be the Pagliacci yeah. that the doctor is referring Pagliacci to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like when you were in that state, did you consider like stopping? Did you consider like like what was your what was your thought process around kind of dealing with that well i feel like it's like actually important to even go back like yeah. when we last talked i was doing a channel called lo-fi art school yes which was just a way to play around kind of talk about creative ideas inspiration like i don't know just it's just kind of a, a playful little experiment yeah and that ended up i just i realized that like in terms of like what i was focusing on like what my niche was it really wasn't that sharp and I should start over. So I kind of had this idea where I was like, I had a lot of energy. I was starting to get the, you know, kind of get into the flow of what it meant to be on TikTok and, you know, short form content. And I was like, all right, so my only goal is terrible idea. Focus on getting views. That's it. Like, let's just figure out how to crack 
the formula. Oh no. And there there's a lot of merit in doing that and being like, oh, I'm not gonna care about, you know, um a lot of things that are exhausting, like building community and like <laughs> having a purpose and serve you know, kind of serving um serving a value proposition for like the audience that I want to connect with. Yeah. I mean that makes sense to to have a limited scope going yeah. into something like that, even if the scope is very hard and big. Yeah. Just um, like let's figure this out. Let's yeah. just like figure out kind of the like high level stats. And yeah. that in itself was probably what you know, let's jump to the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what led to you know, massive burnout. But it was yeah. it was fun, but it's it's a fine line. And I really think it boils down to what is your mindset going into it? What are you trying to get out of it? What is success? Because if you don't define those things for yourself, you're going to come to head with it. Absolutely. You know, it was absolutely fun. I mean, to think that starting the, you know, the second channel, when I started the second channel, Meme Bra, it was really focused on just like memes and like how ideas spread, silly little things. And then eventually, you know, pretty quickly, actually, within a month, I was like, let's, you know, do, um, let's let's put my dad in front of the camera right let's <laughs> let's put my dad in front of the camera let's ask him his favorite meme because it would be hilarious if you had a very modern meme um coming from a voice that you would least expect it from absolutely like everyone was like the meme at the time was nathaniel b which is like a very young hip you know silly little video i don't even know what this is it's just this, this kid at a football practice doing a freestyle rap and he just like biffs it hard and everyone <laughs> just boos him but it's so funny it's so funny so like um i was like hey dad what's your meme of the week and then he responds back ain't that nathaniel b and then he's like oh it's hilarious it's dank it's funny and then like people just immediately started following the account. Wow. I hadn't been on camera yet. So my dad was really the first like real, like um, that kind of host, you know, or like I, so like it was me plus my dad for the first time. And then people just like started following immediately. Like, you know, a couple thousand followers from that one video. I was like, Whoa, just put my dad in front of the camera. So then we went out and I was like, dad, go ask people for dad jokes. That'd be funny. It's kind of this viral idea, you know, like, like dad jokes are memes in a sense, right? Absolutely. They, I mean, they do spread virally ultimately. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes are bad enough that they feel viral as well. (laughs) So that took off really quick and like people just ate it up. Because there was like, it was kind of funny because you're like, all right, there's a lot of dad jokes and memes on the internet, obviously, but there's nobody on the street getting interviews about these things, you know? So let's yeah. do that. Let's let that, that'll be our little niche, right? Is like, take this stuff, put it in the street. And um, the internet loved my dad. It was a really weird, <laughs> really weird, but awesome experience because I was going out with my dad on the weekends, filming stuff, just having fun. In the summertime, people were laughing and just, like, telling us Aww. jokes. It was awesome. Like that It was, like, sounds so refreshing. Yeah. Like, it, it was, like, the best... I mean, some of the best memories I've ever had with my dad as, you know, as an adult or even as a kid, and that's super fun, and I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. <laughs> that was great. That was awesome. Like, we had so much fun. It was it was kind of restorative, it sounds like. Yeah. Um I I think I've seen a couple of those videos and yeah. they're they're pretty they're pretty fantastic. Yeah. They're um, great. Yeah. Um how did you like was it was it just like experimentation that got you to that that format, or was it kind of just like trying to figure out like where where to go, what felt like it was gonna get traction? 
Well, I told you the thing I did wrong, which was basically going into the process of starting a social media channel without really any idea of what like the long term success would be for me. Yeah. Um, outside of something that's kind of hollow, like views and like virality. But the thing that we did do right, which it's a fine line when creating, I think, anything that you're going to put out on the Internet, especially like a social media channel that's focused on video is you do have to experiment. You yeah. really do need to be open-minded to be like, hey, we went into this and we we're just going to focus on memes. And then it becomes like kind of focus more on jokes and comedy. And you're like, okay, that falls in line with the original vision, you yeah. know, like how ideas spread, memes, internet culture. Um, and then you allow yourself to kind of breathe into this new space and then find a new niche and then connect. I mean, that's really what the point, I think, of starting a social media channel should ultimately be unless you're like serving a very very direct purpose of like i'm driving traffic to my store but if you are kind of like doing something that there is an entertainment value and the proposition really is just like joy and just pleasure then you should be open to new ideas and say okay memes wait dad jokes perfect that's actually a good mix yeah so that i think is something we did do right but it is a delicate balance because i think one of the things that i regret not doing yeah was continuing to experiment while those other ideas were taking off yeah i locked i locked myself in i locked myself in like way too uh i locked myself way too i locked myself (laughs) in the door (laughs) i locked myself in too quick basically yeah do you, I mean, would you, in order to experiment, would do you think you would have to start a different channel or like slowly ease things in or are you just stuck now in this, in this mode? This is where the burnout happens. Oh no. This is where I think honestly the most maddening part comes. Yeah. I heard this saying from, who was it? There's these content creators who had said, when you start getting successful, when you hit virality, that's where things actually become the hardest Because you lock yourself into a really small niche. And especially on TikTok, I think it's worse on TikTok than on Instagram or or YouTube. There's no room for experimentation. If you change up your strategy or your video format, I mean, you'll go from like having, I mean, I've gone from having 5 million views in two days on one video to having 2,000 views the next day. And it's like, that's a that's it, quite a gap. That's a huge gap. And I mean, you want to say, I don't care. Who gives a shit? But when you're like, okay, is this something I want to make money off of? I got to figure this out pretty yeah. quick because if I wanted to stay steady and have, you know, sponsorship or just like feeling confident that like whoever is in partnership with us, there will be some consistency. So you start to go, what am I doing wrong? You know, yeah. like what's happening. And I think that's where it gets really, really hard. And the only way to really avoid that is when you start to say, I have a wide range, uh, a smorgasbord, <laughs> a, uh, uh, what are they called? A chittery board? It's like a I have no idea. You're basically. This is way fancier than I usually get. Let's go back. You have a fine buffet of options that you want to show your audience. Um, and as soon as you start locking yourself into just a couple video formats, especially if it's just one or two, yeah. like, good luck. You know, like, so from the beginning, you have to kind of hold your own to say, hey, I know these two ideas are doing really well, but I don't want to abandon the things that fill my cup. That's so important. That's yeah. so important because it's it's really easy to lose that, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially in the early days if if it's feeling like that's not getting as much traction. I always try to tell 
I mean, to, to loop it back around to like teaching, like I always try to tell students, like there may be work that you've done that's like professional work, but if it doesn't make you happy, if it doesn't represent the thing that you want to do, even if it's really good, you shouldn't put it in your portfolio because somebody along the way that you're going to talk to is going to see that and go, I want that. And if you didn't like making it, if you hated the outcome or hated the process or just hated doing any part of it, Mm -hmm. you're going to be stuck making that thing forever. And that's no good for anybody. No, not at all. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I think that's, that's a really good lesson to learn. And it's something I'm becoming a little more comfortable with talking about. And I'm glad actually, I know we were originally going to film this a couple weeks ago. And I'm glad that we're here now because- I've kind of come to some conclusions over the last couple of weeks and I feel a little bit more like confident about my path forward and yeah. what I'm letting go and what I'm, you know, kind of what I'm keeping moving forward. Can I ask what those things are? You know, it's been six months since I started Mimbra, yeah. which feels short and ex- but it's a lifetime in yeah. that in that space, I feel Especially like. if you're grinding, like yeah. working nine to five and then nights and weekends are all dedicated to this. Yeah. You know, that does really feel like, it feels more like two years. <laughs> Jesus. And um, it's- That's no good. No, but we, you know, you we're, I mean, I, I look back now and now I, I'm doing more consulting and focusing on content creators um, that are not myself and how I can help them. And, you know, you have to kind of, Look at your numbers and uh, find ways to communicate, you know, your success, what you've done. I'm like, okay, we averaged like 20 million views a month, which is a lot. That's a ton of views. Um, But at the end of the day, I love what we did on Meme I absolutely love hanging out with my dad, shooting videos, going out, talking to people on the street. One of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Oh, yeah. The confidence you gain from going out and asking strangers to tell you silly little jokes. (laughs) I've gotten yelled at. I have gotten, like, cursed out at. Oh, no. I've had people, you know, some some people won't even talk to you. Yeah, I mean, walking up to people with a camera is probably about about the level of uh, fun time response that you get. If you are standing on a street corner with a clipboard, yeah, pour one out for the poor street corner clipboard yeah. people because they're they gotta have real bad jobs. Yeah, <laughs> and I know they don't. Some get of paid them really. Well. Some of them. Act, some of them actually depends on who. What are they? Uh, the clipboarders. There's a, there's a certain term for them. One of my friends is in politics, and um, I do know that like you can make pretty good money. Really, if, if you're good. My partner spent a lot of time in legal, and it reminds me of like being a paralegal, where it's like if. You're really good at it. It's super lucrative, <laughs> you know. A canvasser—that's what they call. They call canvasser. Canvassers can make pretty good money, but I think you've got to be like a pro at it. And like, yeah. a lot of it is just like approaching people with the right mindset to just know that like you're going to get rejected a lot. Yeah. I mean, it really—I I don't have a problem with rejection in general, but if I did, I wouldn't anymore because you go out there and you're like, how can I optimize my time? I'm going to go. I want to make as many videos out of this as possible because it's exhausting. It's like you want to have good conversations and fun, which you absolutely do. But you also got to be like, all right, moving on. We can't spend all day talking (laughs) to somebody, which sometimes will happen, especially with my dad. It's like my dad's out there and he's in his, you know, my dad's out in his high vis gear. He looks like a construction worker. People just want to talk to him. And that's great. It's totally great, especially when people start recognizing you, which we over the last, you know, three months has been 
pretty normal for an outing for someone to be like, especially like high schoolers, to say, oh, my God, <laughs> it's you. And that's weird. That's that's totally weird. Something I've been around, you know, working with Macklemore back in the day, just understanding that concept and what is what's it feel like. But it is strange. But what I was getting at yeah. <laughs> was you start to analyze all these numbers and you crunch them down and you say, okay, I've done this. And um, I think people look at that and they're like, that's amazing. I could never imagine doing that for myself. Yeah. This has got to be your your thing, right? This is what you're passionate about. This is what you're going to do forever. And then you're like, actually, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't enjoy it, what's the point? That's That's the hardest thing. And as you grow, you look at those numbers and you say, oh, I've worked so hard to get, you know, X thousand followers or whatever you know we're we're approaching 100,000 followers on TikTok. Oh my god, amazing. That's a lot. But like also when you look at what what does that relationship consist of? Yeah. But it's funny because you have thousands and thousands of people following you, millions of people, you know, digesting your content every single day and then you're like, but I don't feel connected with them. Yeah. And I think that's where the problem starts to arise and it does connect back to the beginning. What was I setting out to do? Yeah, you know. And if you don't know that, that's a problem. And you 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 miss out on the thing that you actually would want that would fill your cup, as you said. Um, fill my can of liquid death. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're meant to refill it. <laughs> that probably I, that probably voids the warranty on these. Goes down smooth every Goes time. Goes down real smooth. Mm. The taste of death. <laughs> Um, what, so yeah, like what other lessons do you feel like you've, you've kind of learned from mm-hmm. this process? Um, whether it be starting a social media channel or, you know, starting a, t- a TikTok, whatever it may be, I think it does go hand in hand with like some very basic principles that have existed for ever. Yeah. At least since the dawn of the industrial revolution. <laughs> That's quite a ways back. <laughs> you know, a couple years. Yeah. Um, it really just boils down to like having your materials really tight. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's a time to play and there's a time to experiment, right? And I think my mindset, my mental health would have been better going into Meme Bra knowing no matter what, this is never going to be a path forward for revenue yeah. or for, you know, real long-term career movement, even though like obviously everything you do can ultimately influence that. Um I think just having really good intentions. So it's like when you start a yeah. business, it's like I know a lot of businesses start and they fly by the seat of their pants because they accidentally make a product and it takes off. Yes. You know, that wasn't what they set out to do. I mean, just look at most technology companies, like they usually pivot because the audience, your potential viewers or your users, consumers, whatever you want to call them, they will inform you of the process. And that is what's cool about doing you know, starting a TikTok channel or a YouTube channel, whatever it may be, is that you can user test really quickly. Yeah. The biggest video that we have is the, the the biggest format that we have is the joke train where I ask somebody, you know, tell me a joke that'll make the next person I talk to laugh. And if they laugh, they tell me a joke and it continues and it keeps going until somebody doesn't laugh. And when they don't oh. laugh, the video ends. Right. So it's like, so I, I I know why it goes viral all the time is because people watch it and they want to see how far it's going to go. It's like a very big dopamine hit to be like funny, silly jokes, 
quick changing backgrounds. Yeah. Super fast. And then when it ends, you're just like, ah, oh, I didn't think it was going to end there. Or I knew it was going to end there. You know, there's satisfaction in knowing where it starts and how it ends, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you get, I mean, in a way, it's not that different than like the, because I feel like there's a lot of infatuation still with like 90s sitcoms and mm. how like there would be this this incredible density of jokes. And you're sitting there and it's only 22 minutes and you get a whole story and a lot of jokes and then it's over and you feel this great sense of conclusion. And it's not like you got to you got to watch the next episode right away. Yeah. You know, Night Court's just going to go and reset itself. Yeah. Judge Harry is wearing a hat this time. And exactly. No one remembers what we talked about before. And now it's just 22 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, really. That's like the sweet spot for us. Like it's 15 to 28 seconds. Like 22 wow. seconds is like perfect. You know, so like I understand why it does well. I understand why people love it, you know. It, but it's really funny because when I came up with that idea, it was like Monday morning. I was returning some equipment. And by thursday it had gone viral i had gone out shot it edited it put it out gone viral that's really quick turnaround yeah so like that part of it is really fun because you can user test it really quick because you just throw it up on there see how people respond what the algorithm does with it yeah and it's really cool but you live by the gun, you die by the gun, you know, because then you can get locked in really quick. And then there's really nothing, you know, else that the TikTok algorithm wants to see. Yeah. Whatever comes out of you and your profile needs to be very seamlessly aligned with a thing that got you to go viral to begin with, you know. And then it takes some time. I mean, I, we're at the point now where, like, if I really push the channel, continue to do it, at some point I could pivot it a little bit. Yeah. More and more. But it takes, you know, I mean, you probably have to be in like a quarter million followers to get to that point where you're really able to do that because of how the algorithm trusts you, but also like what your audience expects out of you. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's all kind of a leap of faith, too, Mm because you never know, like in the process, if, you know, if the algorithm is going to change and drop what you were doing. Exactly. or culture changes. Yeah. Culture, like culture change or time of year, things like that. I mean, those things, I mean. The thing about all the trends that have come out of TikTok in the last six months, I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you. There's so (laughs) many. Like, the sounds that were going viral on TikTok six months ago when I started the channel compared to now, I mean, those feel like vintage. (laughs) You know? Like, they really do. Like, dear God. I mean, you know, the whole joke is that, like, Instagram sounds... Like, Instagram reels are, like, three to four weeks behind TikTok, you know? Yeah. So, like... But even when I hear those those trends, those sounds that are a couple weeks old, I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? I remember this from the olden days. Yes. <laughs> they say there was a sound like... <laughs> What's one of the sounds? Oh. What's a really good one? What's one that we say? My, part and I, my partner and I only talk through TikTok sounds. <laughs> That's it. Um... Oh, there's some really inappropriate ones. I'm not going to say those ones. Um, <laughs> um, Everyone knows there's hundreds of children listening to this show every day. You know, it's okay. it's, it's mainly targeted at five year olds. There's, yeah. There's a okay. There's a sound uh, that that comes to mind. It's the uh, excuse me, but what in the actual fuck are you doing in my house right now? 
<laughs> we will, my partner and I will say that to each other all the time. What is it from? I don't is know. Is it not even clear like where the sounds are from a you, lot of the time? There are accounts where they'll just like show you where they where they came from. And huh. I, I really like those accounts because they're like, it's cool because you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. You know, like, like oh, this came from, like, um, there's a sound where it's like, I'm tired of this, Grandpa, and that's too damn bad. <laughs> and, like, that came from Holes, the movie Holes. Oh, God. You know, like. I don't know that we need to revisit the movie Holes. Exactly. There's, like, some gems where you were like, you know, or, like, it came from a Taylor Swift song. You're like, oh, that's a Taylor Swift song? That's weird. I didn't know that. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's how people are discovering music, though. It's like they'll, like, play something in their head, and then they'll apply it to their life. They're like, oh, yeah, you do that fun, witty thing to that song. It's me, hi, I'm the villain, it's me, whatever. You know, that's that, that Taylor Swift song, the anti-hero song. <laughs> My partner didn't even know that was a Taylor Swift song. She just knew how to apply it to her life in certain scenarios of when it was funny and contextual. You know, like that's how we consume culture now. Yeah, it's all it's all so strange. Tid, um, tidbits of information and, and sounds. Yeah, um, that's that's so funny. Um, you you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you brought in a couple things for us to look at. Yeah, what did you bring in? I want to show you something that we did on the channel that actually didn't perform that well. Okay, um, I'll start. Music just starts immediately. <laughs> There's this thing where, like, when you pull, you know, it's like it's like it's like visiting a news website now. Yeah, TikTok just is like we're gonna play sounds right away. How many videos will I have to go back to? <laughs> Not that far, actually. Okay, so it, it doesn't sound as though it moves fast there at, at the old TikTok. Not at all. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> for those of you for those of you who are not watching with video, Nick gave the most wearied look in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some context. So obviously, the format that does best on the channel is the joke train, right? And when you approach people on the street, it's pretty funny because there's like how you showcase and publish your video, but then there's how do you approach people on the street because they're two different things, yeah. right? So like you can't make it too convoluted. It really needs to read like a billboard when you approach somebody on the street. So yeah. here's my walk up. Okay. So we're walking on the street. You'll pass me by and I'll say, hey, can I tell you a joke? Okay. What do you, what, what, what's a joke? Okay. But if you laugh, you have to tell me when back. Well, I, I suppose I could do that. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Except for like, most people will be like, yeah, okay. I would say like 90%, 90% of people will say, yes, I want to hear a joke. And then from that, half of them will want to tell you a joke back. So there, it's a little bit of work huh. because you're yeah. asking for like participation in this, right? And it's the reason why people love it, and the reason why people will be like, actually, no, I'm, I'm not funny, and there's no way I'm, no, I'll, I will face plant. <laughs> so, my partner, um, Shauna's and I, you know, a lot of the ideas really were informed by her being part of a um, collaborative, like creative brainstorming process. So, big shout out to her. Um, couldn't have done this channel without her. So we had this idea for something called the story train, which is a lot like the joke train. And it was like identifying parts of any given story, right? You know? Oh, sure. And then going out and being like, how can we get people to tell us the beginning, the middle, and the end? But they're all informed by the last person that we had talked to, right? And we were Ooh. stoked on this. Yeah. We were so stoked on this. So we went out on a Friday. We had a rough idea of how we would do it. And it didn't work the first time. We went out and shot like three or four of them, which is a lot of energy. 
And it just didn't work because it didn't cut well. Oh. Because you allowed people too much room for interpretation. Oh. But it was still really fun. So we went out the next day and did it again and really sharpened our focus about what we would allow people to tell us. And that helped a lot because you got to realize like, and just like when you ask any given stranger, it's like they can give you more than you need. Yeah. How much context would you get? Because I mean, it's like, it sounds like the exquisite corpse thing a little bit. Yeah, like exactly. How much context are you giving them about like what the larger gestalt of the thing is going to be or like... And I think that's exactly it because you would be coming off of another conversation with somebody yeah. and they would have given you a lot. And in the moment in real time, you kind of have to identify what does this person actually need from the last person? I don't need to tell them everything, even if it makes the cut. Yeah. They just need to know, like, it needs to just fit in your hand really easily. You know, it's Sean. He works at a shoemaking factory. He likes pizza, you know. <laughs> what does he actually desire in his life you know like that's as basic as it needs to be yeah let's watch it let's watch it you watch it i'm not watching it <laughs> you watched it enough for your own oh, liking let's see she's 71 years old she never got She's kind of a rude old lady. She lives in Seattle. Gertrude desires her other half, a hot old emo man. There she goes. Seattle's hottest new emo cafe. Bob Milton. Oh, Bob Milton. Villain of the story is Karen, a hospital worker who doesn't know he has a secret emo side and loves him for who he presents himself at the office. Gertrude overcomes Karen by blasting Yellow Card. Bob can't control himself. He starts vibing out to the Yellow Card song, and Karen is absolutely appalled. She does not want anything to do with Bob anymore. Gertrude and Bob left together happy. What's the moral of the story? Be your inner self and other people will love you for who you are on the inside. <laughs> we had that, that story's uh, like New York's hottest club. It's got a little bit of everything. It's yeah. got a character yeah, named yeah. Gertrude. It's got the band Yellow Card. Yep. Um, it's got a Karen. It's got a Karen. Um, so I can also see just from watching that there mm-hmm. were about I want to say 15 cuts in there. Uh, I can see how that would be just crushing <laughs> to try to coordinate. Yeah, that was the hard part. That's why like we went out the first day and just kind of face planted. Yeah. It was great, but like you have to cut things down where it's like really punchy, yeah. straight to the point, get to the details. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to jump on TikTok and hear like somebody like ramble nonsense. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's cool, but well, but I think that's in this context. That's true of a lot of things. Like I, I, I always talk to people about this show. Like it sounds, I think, very casual and off the cuff, and that's intentional. But like it's eight hours of editing for me yeah. after, and that's to make it sound the way that people expect. And I like, yeah, you know, things like that, things like what you're doing, like. It it takes so much work to make this little digestible thing that people mm-hmm. like, and that's the hardest part of the yeah. project. Ultimately, is yeah. like what happens cutting, after cutting it down. Yeah, yeah. And that that was fun though. I really did enjoy doing that one. Yeah. Like it was it was really cool. It's one of those ideas that I feel like it just needs to be its own account. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it would be easier with like multiple people doing it too? Like, because I mean. Like, you know, on the account in maybe, general? Maybe. Because, I, I mean, it sounds like doing that was probably a lot more work than even the choke train by oh yeah by far. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing. That's an idea that I've had with Meme Bra in general, 
was like, oh, can I just like get correspondence to take this over yeah, and continue it? Because there are a lot of things I do enjoy about it, you know, but I mean, we're finite humans when we have so much time, <laughs> you know, and, and like, coordinating people takes a lot of time too. It is exhausting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, that was fun. That could be its own thing. It would do really well, I think. I yeah. think that, like, it was weird because I posted it and it did terrible. It was, like, some of the worst stats oh, no. I had. But then it's, like, who's the audience? Who's it getting to? And then, mm. like, two weeks later, it, like, started doing much, much better, you know? And then it found an audience and people were, like, oh, my God, I love this. Can I have more of it? And you're, like, <laughs> uh, where yeah, are you? Yeah, I know. Like, and, and, and that's kind of just how things work on the yeah. algorithm, especially it's like, it's trying to... Yeah, any algorithm is trying to do its best to keep people on the platform. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all a platform wants. That's all TikTok, YouTube wants, Spotify, whatever. They want users on as long as possible. So they will fight their darnest to put it out in front of people to make sure like it's connecting to the right audience. And sometimes that takes a while to do. Yeah. But like I don't think the longevity of that on the meme broad channel would actually pan out, at least at the point when we had posted it. Yeah. Oh, that's it. God, that's so tough when you have an idea that you're so excited about. Yeah. But <laughs> when we, you just have that, that face plant moment. Yeah. And I have a couple more of them that actually worked out. We shot two days worth of them and it was awesome. But, you know, I've, I'm sitting on a lot of content that could go on that channel or another channel. But really at this point in time, I'm like, what do I actually yeah. want to spend my time doing? I don't want to work another year where I'm nine to five on a contract doing all the creative stuff. And then at night and weekends, I'm just grinding myself to dust. You know, oh, I'm done God. with that. Like that, those days are, are gone. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. That is uh that's a, maybe that's, I think one of the things that we've been talking about in all the 2023 recordings that I've done so far has been, you know, what are our, what are our uh, wants and needs for 2023? What are our, only there's a way to say that in regards to a new year uh mm, resolution i guess that yeah that's that is a word yeah uh new year's resolution what are our new year's resolutions maybe that's a good new year's resolution is like you know uh that kind of thing I, i do think in like 2023 for me personally i do not want to spend my time grinding as hard like yeah. i want to be a bit more lazy i i want to actually like live a real life yeah well it's like i mean I'm trying to look at it this way because I, I think like when I I'm there with you, but I also am just just racked with the guilt of like, you know, you don't want to let anything go. Um, mm. But, you know, I think it's about almost like for me finding finding ways to do things that still get you towards your goals and or, or maybe maybe not goals, but like our our in the values that you want to live by, um, but are not through their collective power working against you. So like Mm -hmm. even a thing that you love, you have to set boundaries with (laughs) or else it eats you. Absolutely. Um, As, as happens to everyone in a creative field, like you can draw, you, you can love drawing all you want. And if you don't give yourself some time when you're not drawing, then you will be crushed by drawing. Yeah. And that's miserable. I know people who are crushed by drawing. Yeah. I'm not saying their names, but they will probably <laughs> they listen know, to this podcast. They and know who I they know are. you're listening. Yeah. I mean, I've been preaching this for a long time, yeah. which is essentially if you love something, you need to also 
kind of hate it at the same time. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. that creates respect for yeah. this process that you're going through and the, what you are involved in. Yeah. What you put in isn't always going to be what you get out. Yeah. And then sometimes it will. And you will be loving what you're doing. But there are going to be times where it's frustrating and it's hard. And I think just taking a step back and zooming out and thinking, like, what does this look like across my lifetime? How long am I going to be doing this? Yeah. For me, making videos, I've been doing that since I was, like, eight. Like, it's, it's I'm going to be on my deathbed, like, <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs> it was a good one, you know? <laughs> And I'll say some old TikTok sound. They're like, oh, this geezer. You know, like, no, I'm, just, I'm just imagining your tombstone with that, like, view count, like, yeah. little graph that yeah. Twitter has now yeah. on post. Retention. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a retention graph on my tombstone. You know, I just like making videos. And, like, I know for me personally, I have longevity in that. Yeah, I like making music, you know, like I'll do some like arts and crafts every now and then with my hands, you know, but like those things to me are just like there are ways to, you know, jump into something, try something new. I if I get obsessed with those, I remind myself, hey, I actually like making music, for example. Yes, I love doing it. But at the end of the day, it's not something I feel like I'm, you know, beckon to do like i'm not calling i'm not being called to do this every single day yeah like with video making like i just want to make videos every day so it's you know you remind yourself this is just that fun i'm just having fun here but also when you do have the thing that you know like i'm gonna draw my entire life i've always done it i can't imagine myself not doing it it's just yeah. my thing then you also have to zoom out and remember like okay then like i'm going through a little rough patch and i don't want to do as much of that that's okay yeah you know because if you continue to say i have to do this it's like, that's burnout yeah. really quickly. Well, and that's like, I mean, to loop back in what I was saying too, like I think that's also like values versus goals too. Like mm-hmm. if you if you are just living or dying by the algorithm, like that's that's like the goal is, is guiding me um, and I'm constantly chasing the goal and I'm going to be miserable all the way to the goal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you are, if you are trying to like find value in what you do, then, you know, you can, you can be happy along the way and like, yeah experiment and figure out what's going on and feel out what direction to take rather than yeah i gotta do this now i hate it absolutely there are things where you need to do the chores you need to i guess you don't have to but you should probably do your dishes you know (laughs) wash your clothes and (laughs) stuff but when you know when creating becomes a chore at times that is just Red red flags, you know, lights flashing, burnout ahead, you absolutely. know. Um, don't force yourself to do it unless you absolutely have to. I mean, when's your job? That's another thing, you know, like. Yeah. And even then, like, you know, there are systems in place that you can maybe utilize that can help you take a break and mm-hmm. give you give you the help that you need to get back on track. And that's like, you know, giving yourself the the kindness of accepting help. Yeah. which I know for me is a big problem mm-hmm. and is also a big problem for a lot of creatives. Um, like, you know, that that's that's hard work, but it's really, really necessary yeah. um, to keep yourself from going into the danger zone. The thing that, like, grounds me personally yeah. is impermanence. You know, just remembering uh, that, like, every, absolutely. everything is dust at some point, right? Yeah. Like, the, the earth will no longer be with us at, at some someday. Yeah. The the, the sun will, will burn and fizzle out. So, with that in mind, when I look at, you know, these numbers that feel so, like, I don't know, 
I think um, when I talk to somebody, they'll be like, oh, my God, your account has grown so much. Like, yeah. what does that feel like? What does it feel like to, you know, to do X, Y, and Z at such a high level? And you're like, that's today. It might be gone tomorrow. And yeah. I think people are going to phase that when I say that. But I actually mean it. That, like, yeah. I've been around enough successful people to know that one day you can be just feeling like, the algorithm's working for me. I love it. It's so much fun. And then the next day it's gone. You yeah. know, like you might be big in pop culture and have a one or two really big hits and then things slow down and life changes and that's okay. So like just remembering that like this phase in your life, you know, with the highs, yeah. they're going to be lows, you know, like it, I think that like a lot of people will tell you when you're down in the dumps, you know, like, you know, keep your chin up this is just a phase, you know, like there will be better times, you know, but when you're at the most successful point or like if you feel you have a lot of success, somebody around you hopefully will ground you and say, just remember there will be a time where you don't feel like this. And that's also okay. Because that actually, I think is that down like that, I guess like cliff that you could fall off of is a lot harder than going up. Cause when you're at rock bottom, as a creative or just a human, when things start to feel better every day, you know, I'm out of that pit. I feel better and I feel better. But when you're riding high and things start to decline, if you don't have a good sense of what success means for me or what is my longevity as a creative, especially for content creators where everything is so finicky around the algorithm, you will feel terrible pretty quickly. Absolutely. So define those things and know like what happens when I'm really successful? Am I ready to embrace that? that definition could change pretty quickly. Um, So just grounding yourself at that level when you're feeling super great and riding high, like just remember it's all gonna, it's all gonna change. It may. (laughs) And the thing is, is you might be, you know, you might be like, Oh, I have millions and millions of views. And then you create another channel and it's not as successful in terms of like hard numbers, but you could be a lot happier creating community and doing things. I mean, even if you look at like how people will tell you to make money, when like on um when people in the world of social media content creation they'll tell you right away it's like you don't need a million views a day to be able to like connect with an audience and sell a product yeah some of the biggest accounts are like small macro you know like kind of more niche but they connect with their audience and people actually trust what they're selling them you know and those it's just a good reminder of what relationships look like and like if you have tight community that's actually better in the terms of like success for your career, yeah, just not something you could flash around and be like, look at my 20 million views a month. Isn't that cool? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Making art is hard. Making art's so hard. Everybody. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I was at an agency and whenever I do this all the time, whenever I've been at an agency, somebody will complain and I say it in the most demeaning voice which is probably inappropriate, but I go, making art is hard. <laughs> and it pisses people off. And I've, I've tried to be respectful with it because I feel like it can actually come across really terrible. But I mean it in like, in my soul, I mean it like, I say it in that condescending voice because it feels so stupid to say that. Yeah. But it is true. Making art is hard. And even my like my partner has been going through a creative process recently and like working on some um uh brainstorming some ideas for some public art pieces. And, and she will say that every now and then she'll be like, God, 
making art is hard. And I'm like, it's true, right? Like, it's true. But you have to say it in that demeaning voice because it's a good reminder that everything is so fickle, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's a hard world to be in, especially when you are trying to make stuff. Um, and especially when you're trying to make public art, uh, as I well know. Um, everything is public art now. And that's true enough. Yeah, yeah. True enough. Um, so, Nick, I went to Winco, uh, everyone's favorite grocery store here in Portland. Uh, it's kind of like Costco if Costco were weird. Um, I know that's not a good description either, but <laughs> still. Winco is the, um, is, uh, okay, oh, I got it. Yes. Winco. <laughs> where the winds go? Winco is what Costco would be if it looked like a plaid pantry. <laughs> Right? It's like absolutely, you absolutely. Just dressed it down, yeah, to look like flat pants. I should also give context to listeners who are not in Oregon. We have um, maybe the worst convenience store chain in America here in Oregon. Flat pantry? pantry is that not local? Or is that that's that's not, just not, local? That's local. That's not, okay. Yeah, Seven Eleven then. <laughs> A worse Seven Eleven, maybe I don't know. There are some nice pot pantries. There are some, yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends. Certainly none around here. But uh, one of the wonderful things that I picked up was a a, a mighty collection of wow. none other than the big boy Arizona iced tea. So I thought maybe a fun way to close out our season would be to to turn our graphic design judgment eyes on Arizona iced tea like and this. pick the best. The best package design of Arizona iced tea, and maybe also the best flavor if we want. <laughs> yeah, cups too. So we're just going to critique this design. We're just going to critique. So the the this is the first one that I have I've pulled out right here. This is uh, the. Uh, oh, we have multiple. I oh oh. Can I see? I, can I see the? I'll, let me yeah. Let me get the whole collection out. Um, move this guy. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah, Arizona. I like how when you set it down, it like it's got like a big Mordor like. Yeah. Epic. <laughs> wow. It's just shaking all the all the springs in this thing. Um okay, wow. There we go. But yeah, so we've got we've got uh seven cans of Arizona iced tea. Is that Arizona? Uh, do they make they they make Arnold they make Arnold Palmer? This is indeed a Arizona iced tea Arnold Palmer. The Arizona and I think this is this is a, the first can I pulled out. Um, Arizona is almost illegible on the side, okay. which is frankly, I, I think, a big design problem when your product is sort of named Arizona Iced Tea. You want people to be able to read that part. Um, but Arnold, Arnold Palmer is like, I know, yeah, yeah, it, sh- it should be synonymous with Arizona because I, I didn't know that. It, it, you know, it is. Uh, what I was also kind of fascinated by, there were actually some other Arnold Palmer cans. This is the Diet Half and Half Iced Tea Lemonade. Mm. Um, is This one sort of looks like, if you've gone to a cemetery that has sort of modern tombstones, and the tombstones are like weird silkscreen pictures, yeah. it kind of looks like that vibe, which is maybe not, for me, representative of the kind of beverage that I would enjoy drinking. Things that look like a tombstone. Uh <laughs> So there's there's some intense graphic design work happening on these cans. Um, there's some that are definitely better than others in my mind. An enormous uh, amount of sugar. So much sugar. I mean, these are the uh, hungry man meals of iced tea. Yeah, where should we start? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already talked about the Arnold Palmer. Do you want to do you want to give your notes on that one? I want to say from 
first off, golf ball. Uh-huh. There's, it's, like, the golf ball design. It does have golf ball texture to it. But, like, pretty terrible. Very bad. Not a good repeating, you know, gif that they found on the internet in 1996 of a golf ball. What's interesting is just, like, from the curvature on the can, how you actually have to, like, tilt it a bit, you know? Yeah. You, to, like, get the, <laughs> like, I, if I look at it, all I see is diet and, like, the amber sand. Well, this is a thing that kind of kind of struck me is like Arizona iced tea really as graphic design has to be appreciated in the round, like, you know, Greek sculpture or something. You you need the full dimension of, you know, sort of three dimensions to uh encompass the whole exciting, you know, design landscape. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you might miss, you know, wonderful bits of text like 100% natural. Or what does that even mean nowadays? Uh, impossible to know. <laughs> and also also in the listing on this one that says 100% natural is uh, glucose fructose syrup. Yeah, but uh, it's natural. It's 100% natural high fructose corn syrup. So really good and great for you. <sighs> There's a lot. I know. But the thing is, is I feel like... They all look like they're from the 90s. Very much so. Two years ago, I'd have been like, it's incredibly outdated. But now, it feels like it's pretty spot on. Absolutely. It's it's in the Cool Kids Club right now. I think they fired their graphic designer in 1997 to save on budget. And Mm -hmm. a big reason why they haven't raised prices is because then they would have to hire a different graphic designer to update the price on the can. But, you know, a stop clock is right twice a day. And these these clocks are very right. It's exactly that. A broken clock is right twice yeah. a day, right? Like, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It will look cool at some Oh, point. absolutely. I mean, that's even true. Like, I, uh, growing up in Vegas, like, you would see the hotels would, would have a brand, and then they would decide to scrap the brand. It would be, like, 30 days too early. And if they'd kept it, then the, it would have been cool again. But, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Old, old Vegas, like, casino design. I, almost, I was planning a trip to Vegas, and I was looking at um, hotels to stay in. And I'm like, that design is terrible, but like oddly in yeah, right now. Yeah. It's just the dirty carpet that I don't like. <laughs> and the smell of cigarettes that I can smell from hotels.com. <laughs> I'm opening this one. Is that okay? Absolutely. I, this is the only one I think I actually want to try. Yeah. Nick is going to try the Arnold Palmer. The others, I think, are probably too, too not healthy. Um, it's got, I mean, it does look like iced tea. It does. And not the wrapper. Slash uh, yeah. Law and Order SVU actor. I am about to test it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good Foley work, by the way. Thank you. Um, not bad. I think. I think. I think <laughs> it's. Uh, actually, I mean, I wonder. I wish you know. I what I do wish we had was the non-diet version. <laughs> To, to taste, compare to taste like what does what is sweetness and like is it artificial in this or is it just less sweetener in it? I don't know. It, that is a great question. Got to be artificial sweetener, right? Almost certainly. I mean, you know, it certainly doesn't say a hundred percent natural on this can. Do you know what I feel? You know, you know, this is how I feel about diet drinks. What's that? It's like smoking a random cigarette. I don't, but like what I would imagine <laughs> smoking a random cigarette. It's like, it's like if I drink this every day. It would be terrible, but just one of these, in the context of my life, if it was the only one I had, it's fine. It's not bad. I'm I'm into it. I honestly. feel like diet drinks I only really have when it's like if there's a film shoot or you're at a like hotel or like you just like yeah. it's there. Can I tell you another amazing feature of this can that I just noticed now? Yes. 
on the side, there's a list of special golf achievements from Mr. Arnold Palmer himself, uh, as well as a description of the thing. The name Arnold Palmer has legendary roots as an original beverage combination of half iced tea and half lemonade. Arizona Beverages, makers of one of America's favorite iced teas, have teamed up with Arnold Palmer himself to bring you Arnold Palmer Diet Half and Half. Can I get a little more of that? It's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also an email address if you want to learn more info about... It's not a website, but there's Arnold an email address? Palmer. No, literally... Literally, you can email, and I would encourage all our listeners to email info at drinkarizona.com and ask for more Arnold Palmer intel. Um, I feel like you could get them to sponsor this podcast. I I don't know. I mean, they don't, they're only charging 99 cents and at Winco. Part of the reason I bought all these, 76 cents or something like this for mm. a can? Yeah. Um, so maybe they don't have budget. It's a loss leader. Oh, we didn't shake well. We're going to be killed, I think, by the poisons in this. I think the end is going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, that's that's where all uh, Arnold's chunky stuff lives. Um, I would say that the Arizona iced tea lineup, you know, yeah. consumer packaged goods, what they got going on on shelves right now, um, pretty spot on from a visual design standpoint absolutely i think depending on who owns the company potentially culturally appropriated you know just oh i almost just a little certainly bit. almost certainly like you know like that makes me feel i like i'm not gonna go grab those three <laughs> they're <laughs> the, the 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 ones with uh some some native american imagery that feels perhaps um, yeah uh entirely yeah. appropriated like i'm not like i i would absolutely not grab that drink just because and i might even make you know, this is this is what would happen. I would walk into the store. I'd yeah. see that. I'd be like, oh, that fruit punch. That sounds great. Ugh. Am I bad for buying that? That looks culturally appropriated. Yeah. Well, well, okay, I won't get an Arizona iced tea. All right? I'm just going to get an Arnold Palmer. Wait a second. Arizona makes Arnold Palmer? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting nothing. I'm getting a liquid death. That's what would happen. I'm telling you. I promise you. That's real. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm guessing then your can of choice is the Arnold Palmer can if you had to nominate a hero mm-hmm. out of this lineup. Yeah, because even the ginseng ones. Are... Yeah, it's that's, that's problematic in its own way. I think they're all, they all have some cultural appropriation on it except for, sure. for Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know your, you know, thoughts on golf culture, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like out of this lineup of cans, the golf culture is the only one that probably, you know, signed off on, <laughs> on their usage. Golf culture is the least problematic thing in the room, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, one thing I will say about these ones, the grid ones. Still there, but absolutely still there. Um, is I do like the grid a lot. I do, and it's funky. and I think the color choices on those are are among my favorites. This can, I would say, by far, this can right here, yeah, is probably my favorite visually. This is the Arizona iced tea with lemon flavor, sunbrood style, sunbrood style. It looked like it said Saint Bernard style for a minute. <laughs> Good dog. I love those dogs. <laughs> Good dog. Got slobbering them. Okay, I want you to make me a promise. Yes. Well, first question. When is the last time that you made sun tea? I mean, we tried it as kids back in Vegas, you know. I think it's kind of interesting, the idea that you could put a thing in the sun and it wouldn't die like Mm -hmm. a human would there in the 170 degree heat of summer. (laughs) 
Um, but I never remember enjoying it. Okay. Um, do it now. Like as an adult, you've got to do it. <laughs> Promise me in this summer you'll do it. It's actually really good. Put a little lime in there. Get some bags of tea, just Lipton's tea or, or whatever. Um, PG tips. That's, oh, sure. That's the household favorite. I, I have no shortage of tea, so I, I, I feel like I would be well chosen for that. It's delicious. Yeah. It's so good. There's just something special about it. So I think I think then we have our champion. Yeah. It is... Arnold Palmy. Arnold himself. Arnold Palmy. Pour one out for I, Arnold Palmer. Diet half and half. Iced tea and lemonade. I love the tautness of that gradient. <laughs> it is. It's also weird because look look at it real quick. Look where it falls on the Amersam and look where it's at on the second line of text. Oh. It's offset. Yeah. Hmm. Somebody had to make a decision there. They're trying. They're that trying was, something. I'll give him that. Boy, that the the little umbrella is not sitting well with me. I'm sure that's part of Arnold Palmer's trademark logo that he loves, but it looks very cheap. <laughs> it looks like a Corel Draw clip art. If I can make one change on that can, yes, is it would enhance the kind of badness of it, right? Like, absolutely. I want to see some bad clipping on Arnold himself <laughs> with like a bad stroke and some pretty terrible drop shadow or something you know like turn it into a straight up meme arnold palmer pretty much i think and then you just that would be everything yeah bevel emboss like a little bit more of that and then i'm loving it (laughs) i'm really really (laughs) loving it also like tea is such a hard thing to visualize you know it's like yeah especially i don't know like did you think of like a cup but like tea leaves Yeah, I mean, tea packaging has always interested me, and I used to do that as a project for students because I think it's a really fun challenge. You want to be able to create something that's interesting without being, you're going back for another. You are. It's a small cup. I've created a terrible addiction for you. Yeah, I know you did this last Um, time. We're going to talk a year from now, and you're going to have 4,000 viral hours of you drinking Arnold Palmer's and reviewing them. Yeah. Uh, from various restaurants around the country. I'm going to make my own. Uh, <laughs> I bet you could, and I bet it would be really good. Um, our our champion, again, Arnold Palmer. Uh, so uh, go out and get that, the official iced tea of Did I Do That? They should put that on the can. They should put that on the can. That's a big, that's, um, that's a big accolade. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it could be in the style of this great hot that's on the uh, green tea with ginseng and honey on the side. Great hot. Great hot. Great hot. It's in a can, so just put it in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Cans, historically a thing you want to heat. Yeah. Uh, no problems there. Great hot. Nick, where can people find you yeah, if can they I, wish to find can you? Can I tell you a little bit about where, where I'm at right now? Yes, tell me tell me about your, your projects. Right now, yeah. Yes. So with Meme Bra, I really don't know what the future looks like for it. Um, you know, for right now, I'm just kind of chilling out on it there are some collaborations that i've done with some people that will that will continue to post um just not at the same pace of like every single day yeah um so slowing down with that um and i've more recently focused my emphasis to be on another channel which is called nicholas's content and really just focused in on providing as much you know knowledge and resources as i can to 
a community of creators. And Nicholas's content is also kind of part of your consulting business. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So like there's kind of like split into two pieces. There is like the part where I'm working with brands, you know, like the work that I've been doing for a long time. The consulting route is more of just like me attempting to have a little bit more flexibility around the projects that I can involve myself in that I say yes to because working nine to five on one project and like it just I'm at that point now where I'm like, I'm ready for like you know, 10 to 20 hours for a couple of weeks and then maybe five hours on here, you know, just like really allowing myself to work on more projects. I feel like I'm at that point in my career where it's like, I can't just be tied down to yeah. one thing for like a year, you know? Well, and, and like giving yourself some variety is also like a yeah. great anti-burnout technique, although exactly. within reason. <laughs> within reason, because then it can, yeah, it can create some chaos within itself. Um so there's that part of it. That's really not that new. But, you know, for me, like over the last 10 years, you know, there has been this amazing shift from amazing, maybe also terrible, depends on how you look at it. But there has been a shift from, you know, kind of brand design, content design, and that getting infiltrated and also integrated with influencers, yeah. content creators, you know, and I think that it's becoming a lot less um, kind of influencer-y, you know, like kind of just like, Hey, here's the product. I'm holding it. Buy. Yeah. Buy it. And that's it. It's it's basically kind of circled back around to more the traditional advertising, mm-hmm. like even even the fifties like sponsorship of a TV show thing. Yeah. Do you believe in the product and stuff like that? And I think some of that's just like BS, just like yeah. everything and anything in this world, you know, there's a lot of BS. But I do think that there are a lot of really great community based content or so there are a lot of great content creators that are very community focused that are actually finding product integration, things that are going to benefit their community, their viewers. Yeah. Um, and those are the things that I'm really excited about. So that's why creating this, you know, this new channel, Nicholas's content is really focused on how can I just give back to a community and just like there's a lot of beginners resources that exist all across social media platforms. A lot of crap though like a lot of people are like (laughs) the biggest thing the biggest challenge that i have with these is they're like you need to post like four or five times a day and if you're not doing that give the fuck up oh and it's like okay that is not true yeah there's a lot of like you know the algorithm changed now do this and it's just like the only reason why people are saying that is because they want you to engage with their content and it's just like a flashy object yeah so my goal hopefully is to really give back what I've learned in a way that doesn't feel gimmicky. That's not just trying to play a, you know, just like play the old joke on people. I'm just like, you know, how can I kind of, uh, uh, you know, just clickbait, you know, yeah. just bad clickbaits. Um, but at the same time, trying to focus on more content creators that I can help and build more relationships because that to me is fun. Like I like going out and creating fun viral ideas with street content like I did with Meme Bra. But also I don't always want to be in front of the camera when working on those projects. So this is my attempt to go back out, give away the knowledge that I have and start connecting with people and start collaborating through these means, you know, just yeah. like they find my content and they're like, cool, let's work together and then I can help give them what they need to actually make that a reality so if you if you are needing to to make some videos yeah hit nick up yeah <laughs> do it <laughs> do it now watch the videos that's like the, a lot of people are like oh like what can i you know like 
I've had I had somebody approach me the other day and they're like, "Oh, I just want some kind of basic information around this." And I'm like, "Just watch the videos I'm going to start putting out yeah. on a regular basis because like I'm going to hopefully just establish the basics and um kind of keep up with the trends that are happening. So, hopefully you don't have to go anywhere else. Make you know? it easy. Don't post 4 to 5 times a day. You will kill yourself. Doing yeah. That. Like, <laughs> Don't do that. That's burnout sauce. Like, ugh. Burnout sauce sounds terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's uh, not even hot sauce. No. I, I mean, we kind of did a terrible hot ones here with Arizona iced tea now that I think about it. That, that's it. That's a new show. It's like bad diet. <laughs> well, we, we would have to do the full taste test to know which one of these is the most rancid. Oh, I'm going to... I'm going to... Leave one under the car oh. of like an 83 Corolla for <laughs> 10 years. I think we all know which one is the worst. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Tell me right now. Which one do you think it is? And I think... Uh, oh, it's almost certainly the watermelon, yeah, that, isn't that's it? it? That's watermelon it. Watermelon fruit it. juice cocktail. Oh, boy. That is absolutely it. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Maybe it's maybe it, there, it's a surprise. Maybe and the fruit punch is actually terrible. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking the watermelon one is pretty gnarly. It's, it's hard to imagine it tasting good. If I'm being perfectly honest with it, it it does have antiox according to the not antioxidants. No but antiox. antiox. Yeah, there's no oxes in this. No can. ox cable. No ox at all. <laughs> You will not be able to connect your vintage iPod to it. Um, thank you so much for being here again, Nick. Um, closing out season two. Uh, closing out strong. Thank that you. That was last year, too. What? I think last year. When I, was I the last? Yeah, you were the last of season one. And now you are the last of season two. It's serendipity. It was meant to happen this way. <laughs> I just like hanging out so much that I was like, I was just basically like, John, put me back on. <laughs> you did. I mean, you asked a long time ago. And I was it, like, can I come back? It took me a long time to get my shit together. <laughs> I just want to hang out, you know? And I'm like, I got. I guess I got some stuff I could talk about today. <laughs> you know? You, you, you've, you've lived two years in the past nine months. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. Um, and thank you to the listener for, for uh, you know, all of those who have joined us this season, which I know is a, a good number of folks. Um, if this is something that you have been really enjoying, why not rate, review, subscribe, and even better, tell a friend about this really silly show because I, I want to keep making it and I want it to keep growing and finding people who like it. And you are a very important part of that equation. Um, if you want to learn more about the show, you can follow it on Instagram. Uh, we have a very lively Instagram at did I do that dot design. And we are also now on YouTube. Uh, if you want, that is also did I do that dot design. And hey, what do you know? Go visit us on the web at did I do that dot design. Not .com, but www.dididothat.design. Uh, I created a problem by making the handles the same as the website, I'm realizing now. No, I think that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got a fresh new website. I put a fresh coat of paint on it before this one's coming out. Um, and now, I am Sean Schumacher. This has been the close of Season 2 of Did I Do That? And as we always say, at the close of every season... Arnold Palmer slaps. <laughs> Arnold Palmer slaps. Okay, bye.
both peaked. When did that happen? I mean, I peaked back in high school. Yeah, I peaked. I peaked. Uh, I peaked a while back, if way, I'm being honest. Way too early. And I wasn't. I wasn't in great shape when that happened either. 